Yep. <laughs> okay. You gonna make it, Ben? Yeah, I I just I need some um I need some traction. Adderall. Here. You need some content <laughs> to orient toward. Yeah. Uh Nick, how have you been? Um good. Good. Yeah. Uh yeah, just you know, plugging away. We're uh renovating a restaurant right now, which Who's is we? um the construction team. The company. Oh, yeah, okay. Company <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, it was just like you <laughs> Bart Simpson you know, bought me, a warehouse me, me for and a dollar. And <laughs> These are the just, side like, quests that he's engaged in right now. Yeah, I got, I got a, I got a scrappy bunch of ruffians that I hang <laughs> with, and we're just renovating a restaurant. You seem like you know? the kind of we person, bought a zoo too. You seem like the exact kind of person who is like really excited to um, interior decorate, like either a Death Star or like a uh, James Bond death trap lair. <laughs> Nailed I feel it. like you would be wow. really into figuring out where the traps are supposed to go mm-hmm. to be most aesthetically pleasing. Oh, 100%. And also, I'm not getting into any of those slow death traps. All my <laughs> like I, I've learned the lesson from the Bond movies. Like, they're quick, quick. We're 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 killing Bond right when we have yeah, the yeah, chance. Yeah, it's no We got it's him. It's no slow <laughs> moving wall of spikes. It's like a big mouse trap. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's 75 guns in one wall, and they all shoot at once. None of this crap where it's, like, sequentially down the yeah. row. <laughs> yeah. He's not outrunning this, is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm watching uh, just because I, I needed to wake up with something for my ears uh, while I was playing something so because I couldn't sleep anymore. I started watching something called Woo Assassin, which is a Netflix series apparently about, like, a Chinese-American fighting the triad. Uh, and okay, it, it it has like real matrixy running faster than bullets and dodging bullets kind of stuff that like I didn't realize had sort of trended out until I was met with such a furious example of mm-hmm. it. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that looks 20 years old. <laughs> all yeah, the at time. some point we all just decided like, yeah, we don't slow time down anymore. It's, <laughs> it's so no more fashion. dodging right. fucking bullets, okay? <laughs> It was ridiculous I, uh, to begin with, and it's only gotten dumber. <laughs> sure, they're uh, catching bullets too. Ozymandias uh, wh- can which... do what he wants. <laughs> Where's there's a uh, a Marvel movie that? Uh, oh, I Ghost Rider. Is it? That's DC. I'm sorry. No, Civil. I think it's Civil War, where there's a scene where they're chasing. And all of them are running faster than cars, and I love it so much because it just looks so silly. Is that <laughs> like, the one where Black Panther does this me. sweet Tony Hawk? No, 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 not Tony Black John. Panther, uh, Winter Soldier, uh, Bucky Soldier, Winter Bucky. Bucky Soldier. Yeah, he does this sweet like Tony Hawk pro skater maneuver where he like picks up a motorcycle and hops on it while it's in midair. <laughs> yes. He does like a yes. 360 shove it to boneless with a motorcycle or whatever. I feel like Marvel kind of learned some lessons from Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. They were like, all right, cool. Like, we don't have to take it too seriously. I mean, when you start, like, connecting a bunch of movies, you're like, oh, all movies are every movie now. So we can just kind of do whatever. <laughs> Be- becoming part of the one movie. Yeah. The singularity. <laughs> hey, man, it's better than releasing a Snyder Cut and just saying, yeah, we pass. <laughs> I made it halfway through. How far did you make I it? I didn't do it. Like, it's not animated, uh. so DC doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> DC, figure the fuck out. We want a nice, compassionate Superman. <laughs> he should be soft and gentle, yet firm, like a good mattress. 
<laughs> uh, paired up with Power Bottom Batman. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you're enjoying uh, Watch Tower. I think that the most recent episode that's the that's the one that I was um, listening to on my way to and from the the, the vaccination clinic. Uh, I feel like that was like maybe our best episode so oh, far. Oh, with uh, with Etrigan. Yeah, the second of yeah. that of that arc <laughs> was very, was very good. Felt good about it. Oh. By the way, this is our intro the audience. No. <laughs> yeah, it's just us vibing it. with Nick. <laughs> yeah, just slide into it. Just slide I didn't come up with an in. intro because uh, my second vac shot was yesterday, and it's kicking my ass, and you're going to get a solid 4 out of 10 effort. At audience. the very least, we should do we should like do the voices. Rocco's Modern Life. Not those voices. <laughs> Not Fred Schneider. I got me a wallaby. <laughs> He's a big as a whale. Oh, that's I can't get big. a credit card, Hiffa. Oh, Rocco, I, I'm hungry. Oh, fish sticks. Oh, fish sticks. Rocco's modern life. Rocco's modern life. Yeah, that pig is going to need some remodeling, yeah? Oh, God. <laughs> that was the idea that I had for an intro, uh, was two of us would be chameleon bros, mm-hmm. and then Rocco would be like, y- you know that, like, elevators aren't new, right? You know that, like, <laughs> iPhones exist, <laughs> or, yeah. or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the time traveler who has to uh, encounter new technology things that I heard a while ago that I really enjoyed was uh, the somebody from the past experiencing an iPhone, and they just go, "It's like a bar of chocolate movie screen." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's a good one. That's a good I saw one." Saw <laughs> recently, uh, the uh, the little factoid pa- popped up on my Facebook somehow of uh, the Tyrannosaurus is closer chronologically to an iPhone than a Stegosaurus. <laughs> that fucks me up. <laughs> That's so rough. Uh, my dad was doing this like uh, video course forever ago and it was on like macro history. And it was so funny <laughs> to, to hear this. T- yeah, it was funny it's to like hear this dude history. be like, Somewhere in between, you know, 30 and 15 million years ago. And it's like, that's a big-ass range, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on geologic time scale, you start getting into quasars, and the numbers go right out the door. But before before Twitter, <laughs> time was just like, man, whatever. Yeah, how could you keep track? <laughs> yeah, uh, Twitter, the, the time tra- ca- trapper keeper. Well, the, the time trapper keeper of Twitter, yeah. Really, Twitter is when the timeline started to diverge, right? Every tweet is a quantum fluctuation. Yes. I'm but trying no to think hand. of a, a quip Hard that has stop. to do both with Quantum Leap and Twitter, and nothing's coming to me. The, the, we're so far from the intent of an Ziggy intro. Ziggy says there's a 32% chance that if you tweet this, <laughs> you're going to leap. 
What you couldn't see was I was banging the Ziggy mm-hmm. thing. Oh, we could hear it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Ziggy started. Uh, you're ba- you're banging them right now? Mars. Like what, under the table? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> no, it's all in the open. Oh, good. Uh, so- good, good, good. Hippa! 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 What is it, Rocco? We, we got enough track, Hippa. We, we have to get back on track. Yeah, it's not really one of those shows. Like, we don't actually have to do anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> Should- <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life uh, was the sole reason I didn't get a credit card until I was like 30. Okay, let's... What, what does... What does <laughs> that deserves some unpacking. Do we do oh, it now? Oh, because of the first episode? What's that? Because of the first episode where he gets a credit card and it ruins his life, although I, not as yeah. not even as much as it actually would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now is he that just the gets same one where he gets swallowed by a vacuum? Actually, ruins your life. That, that was supposed to be the pilot. Was the vacuum one, and everyone was like, "That's a little mm. dark. Can we? <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't have this sentient <laughs> robot choke to death on somebody's lawn after destroying the town." Yeah, but the whole idea, he, like you know, Heifer being the shoulder devil and just like just charge it. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Rocco goes into crippling debt. <laughs> That's how it works. I, I feel like they, they evened out by the second season and understood, like, maybe don't make this as depressing as you want it to be. But the theme song got worse, the theme right? Song got uh, the theme first, song first picked up a Fred Schneider. <laughs> I yeah, think you'll find the first one's one the metric best. Fred Schneider. Uh... I'm going to give the intro thing now, and then you guys will do the rest of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cast. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. Hi, I'm Nick. And uh, this is the show where we review old cartoons to see what we think of them as adults. Nick, who are you? Oh, a uh, human being just uh, on this yeah. spinning blue marble right. just trying to make my way human in the world. Human being extraordinaire. I believe you got Person of the Year Award. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that was presented by the Excellence people. Excellence in person. Uh, which was very exciting. Oh, they would know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, as far you as it goes. The experts, you trust the experts. We know the people. Yeah, that's their slogan. <laughs> we, we know people. <laughs> people know people. Parenthetical. <laughs> Magazine. Uh, <laughs> weekly. Nick. Um, and the- where do we know? from happy to have you back on the show but for those listeners who may not have experienced your brand before um what uh he's very brand you know me from uh you might know me from uh running into jeff goldblum one time at 30 rock like physically um you you might know me life finds a way as rocco uh uh life finds a way (laughs) pretty good <laughs> All those high pitched voices are, are not too difficult, especially if there's a dorky accent involved. They, like that's easy. Yeah. Uh wacko is like super, you know, I've got a party emergency. You know I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> well, there's Jackson and the Adams <laughs> in Alabama. Cincinnati is the capital of Ohio. That, that's probably you know. the strongest argument against making DC a state is then we'd have to re-record that, uh, re-record Wacko's song. Oh, oh I'm going the that's... opposite. That's the strongest <laughs> argument to make oh, yeah, DC just... a state. We get a second <laughs> version. That's true. Well, Remix, we could just split the, the bass drops. and 
and just uh, not give DC a capital. Ooh. And then no oh. retcon necessary. Ben found the compromise necessary. He truly, he brought our divided <laughs> people together. Is that is that all it took? Well, that, that's what we needed, folks. Thank you so much. Have a great <laughs> night. <laughs> Enjoy the veal. Tip your waitresses. <laughs> but Nick, uh, we know you, of course, from What's With You Scooby-Doo, which is evergreen. Yep. So people go check it out if you want to hear somebody who cares too much about... <laughs> Casey Case when, um, and yeah, his vocal style staying on topic. Ben, whenever um, <laughs> so, whenever I listen to uh, the Watchtower, your your podcast with Gary, and you guys talk about John Jones, I think back to that episode of What's with You, Scooby Doo, where you refer to John Jones as a shifterman, and that's <laughs> and Nick was like, that feels like a slur. I can't. <laughs> we can, we got to stop and, and reboot. It's like Slenderman. I forgot about that. Um, but but uh, what, what, yeah, what are you doing? Uh, What's with you, Scooby Doo? Was my uh, the podcast happened for five years or something? It was a back catalog of a hundred and I want to say thirty ish episodes and uh, some bonus episodes. And I wrote dorky songs when I reviewed the uh, uh, directed video oh, movies yeah. by myself. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can check out all of that. Dude, uh, What's with you, Scooby Doo dot com. What uh, what uh, what are you up to these days? Oof. Uh, well, uh, maybe like a hard reset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had one of those recently. <laughs> yeah, state of the world just kind of like put put me and uh, just kind of put me in a weird mood. Uh, but um, of course, uh, my girlfriend Bree has a princess company, which has now recently pivoted into dinosaurs. Long she, story she understands there. the market in story. ways That's I cannot. It. It's so weird that that is the. That that's that's not a unique pivot. <laughs> that is the that's what you do. Yeah, it's like all right, Princess Company has reached uh, this plateau. So what do you do next? Dinosaur. It's the Princess of Dinosaur Pipeline. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the same way so, all actors want to be directors. You know, right? Yes. Uh, so I've been uh, yeah doing music and stuff for that. And uh, yeah, you've been keeping you up know, with the little... podcast circuit. Uh, you said that you were recently on an episode of Amusement Sparks with our good friend of Fancy Bat, uh, Andrew Spawn. Yeah, if you uh, if you want to hear me uh, once again care too much <laughs> about theme park merchandise. <laughs> Uh, yeah, go have a listen to that. It's uh, I, I think it was a fascinating conversation, but it might also be used as a military-grade sleep aid. <laughs> <laughs> and it will be used as evidence against you. Uh, we, well, we joked around because uh, the last podcast that we had done had been a theme park based on Johnson & Johnson. <laughs> That's right. And so nice. I, uh, I said that that, that was used for, by the FDA to approve the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. You have to sign a waiver when Very you get good. your... When, at the at the ticket counter, it's like, how could you have the, known? These yeah. roller coasters might give you blood clots. It's very unlikely, but <laughs> uh, little known fact: there's a third Johnson brother, actually. Oh, Cletus! <laughs> yeah, he didn't get he didn't get into the hand sanitation uh, game that his brothers did. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that uh, I think that's a good primer on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh, I have two cats. It, Great, great context. <laughs> but yeah, you you wanted to come on this episode where we are talking about Rocco's modern life. Can can we can you give us some of the background of you vis a vis this here Australian wallaby? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know the sweet spot for 
uh, a gestating mind and uh, <laughs> intaking content. Uh, I was definitely at that sweet spot when 90s Nickelodeon was happening. So, you know, you get uh, Rugrats, Rocco's Modern Life, Aro Monsters, um, any of the, the Shupo, Shupo shit. Gave uh, you uh, Shupo powers. And, you know, as a kid, when I first watched it, I was like, this is, this is so funny and, you know, kind of dangerous. Mm-hmm. It felt, you know, it was like a, on the spectrum of like... Uh, uh, I don't know, Blue's Clues to Ren and Stimpy. It was, you know, closer to that Ren and Stimpy, but it didn't feel, like, as dangerous as, like, the horse with nipples, it's, it's you a, know? Ren and Stimpy, I, we still have to go back and watch that at some point, but it's Meh. so aggressive in terms of how gross it is. And we reference it yeah. a lot. Yes, we do, Zane. We have to do this. This is yeah. our journalistic integrity at stake. But, like, I do yeah. agree that... Come to um, find out, John Kay, huge weirdo. Who would have known? <laughs> I do agree that Rocco is kind of in a similar beat. Like, there's a lot of gross-out humor, but it's less abrasive to me. It's it, Yeah, it's like, even right. when there's nothing unseemly happening on screen, you always feel like you're getting away with something watching it. Like, like, like there's something here. Yeah, well, it's also meant to be funny and not meant to be like abrasive where i feel like uh, ren and stimpy is meant like john k wants you to feel grossed out like he wants you to be yeah, uncomfortable for some reason because i feel like joel murray is just like hey check out the dirty stuff <laughs> yeah like you know how some comedians have adult content that like is shocking but that's not the point of their jokes and then there's some stand-up comedians who yeah they're the only thing that is comedy about them is that they are shocking sam kinnison names i don't know Oh, okay. Just the one. Uh, he was a stand-up comic in the '80s. Uh, v- v- screamed a lot, <laughs> differentiating uh, him from all the comedians. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I saw an interview with Bobcat Goldthwait where he said uh, he was like, "I was the comedian in the '80s who screamed and didn't hate women." Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mark of honor. Uh, <laughs> How progressive have you Bobcat? Well, I think uh, we're going to have a lot to uh, talk about with Rocco's Modern Life, but uh, Zane, why don't you give us the production history? Sure. So Rocco's Modern Life ran from 1993 to 1996 as a Nicktoon, and it got a Netflix movie in uh, 2019. And it was made by Joe Murray, who pitched it when Nickelodeon was looking for edgier cartoons, and uh, that gave him a lot of creative control with how it uh, was organized. Um, by the time they got to season four, however, he passed a lot of the work on to Steven Hillenberg, who went on to make SpongeBob SquarePants, and many of the cast of Rocco uh, went to work on that. So you can kind of see the through line there. The uh, mm. Yeah, it's sort of like the Adventure Time effect from a decade earlier, where uh, a bunch of people who worked on Adventure Time went on to create other really critically acclaimed shows, Steven Universe, etc. Sure. Um so a lot of people Another who worked one. on Rocco's Modern Life went on to create, uh, pitch things like Angry Beavers with Mitch Schauer, or SpongeBob with Steven Hillenburg, as you had said. Or Phineas and Ferb with uh, uh, Povenmire and uh, Swampy. Yeah, 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 Swamp Ass. Swamp Ass. Didn't they go through it? Thanks, Ben. <laughs> he loves it when you call him that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they, they pivoted through, like, Family Guy briefly, didn't Everyone they? pivots Povenmire through Family Guy. It's a, it's a rite of passage. It's a rite of passage. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's half rite of passage, half midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the ratio shifts depending on what era. It's it's the vacationing uh, in Prague before you go to, you know, go to, go to college. 
But yeah, this was yeah. Uh, Seth MacFarlane is the line tangent to the curve. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this was sort of a, a big Nicktoon during its day, um, where like you said, it was sort of on the edgier side of what you were going to watch on an afternoon enjoying Nicktoons. But it didn't deviate so far from everything else that was on there that it uh, uh, provoked suspicion. Yeah, I would say that it is kind of a sleeper adult humor uh nick cartoon as opposed to something like invader zim which was like clearly shouldn't have been on nickelodeon yeah it's it's this this does fit for the most part it's just uh it's got some more adult tone and uh and and style to it Yeah, many of the content sorry go ahead content is what i meant i was going for there no nick looked like he wanted to talk Oh, one of my favorite sight gags of all time. Uh, they go to a, a like a carnival or a fair or something, and they're gonna go on a Ferris wheel. And the dude running the Ferris wheel has a magazine called Play Slugs, uh-huh. and it's a the, slug in a bikini the, on the front. Yeah, titty slug. Yeah, I just watched the like uh, ten things you didn't know about Rocco's Modern Life or whatever YouTube, and it had one of those on it. It's um, it's, so it, it's good. kind of like the you know more adult humor from Animaniacs, but there it was a little bit more highbrow, and then and because it was, they were able to like wink and and like clue the audience in hey look at this look at this here right the fingerprints here it's hidden uh it's hit it, not well hidden no but they're not yeah. drawing attention to it <laughs> i don't know why but the term coming to my head is like it's a little bit more blue collar yeah yeah it's, <laughs> whereas like whereas animaniacs is like a white collar well, cartoon it's so the the idea <clears throat> is um they uh um the show had a, a like visual focus like for jokes and for substance the animators didn't get the full script. They got a three-page outline of an episode instead of the script, and then they were like, add in jokes and dialogue on your own. I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> That's amazing. This dialogue does feel not overdeveloped, to be honest. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. like the, the dialogue feels a little bit ad-libby, or at least kind of not off the cuff, but like it, it feels organic. In the way that the Angry yeah. Beavers dialogue often felt organic, where people just say things, and it's it's often not even a joke. It's just like what this person would say in a situation. Yeah. So like Filbert uh, on his twenty first birthday blurts out, "I don't want to be an adult. I've heard stories about Bran and strange <laughs> undergarments, and like I don't I don't even know what the joke there is. <laughs> it's just yeah or like, like i um, love when writers are given the degrees of freedom to just like just say whatever comes to mind <laughs> do whatever what you want. yeah right tickles uh, your fans there was an episode where they're telling like fairy tales and they get all jumbled up and whatever and and heifer in the fairy tale gets a slipper and becomes cinderella and he's like call me cinder heifer and i'm like okay well that was a first pass of a joke but i guess it was good enough <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> are we gonna get back to that yeah at some point <laughs> <laughs> when we have time, when we're not watching a uh, spunky uh, hump a broom for twenty five minutes plus screen time, yeah, uh, we need to fit in more vomiting and farting sounds into, into this cartoon. Yeah, that's the other thing is that <laughs> there is a lot of gross out humor that's very similar to a rock, uh, a, a Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a brief period in nineteen ninety three. You may re- recall the uh, period of Satanic Panic where all the religious groups were very tough on syndicated shows for doing non-Christian programming. And there was a Mm. lot of complaints of uh, members of religious groups that are like, Ren and Stimpy and Rocco's Modern Life 
are too adult-oriented to be shown to kids on Sunday mornings, Mm -hmm. which they should be in church, so I don't even know why that's a big deal. But in any case... Uh, yeah, uh, but but thankfully, uh, the, the the network was like, yeah, we don't particularly care about your viewership. We're going to keep <laughs> doing what we want. Way to go, Jerry Laybourne, I'm assuming. I, Show notes. Might have been Fred Seibert. Who knows? Fine, fine, fine pair. Add it, add it to the there. bucket of names Nick throws out that I have no context for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who else was there at the time? Will McRobb, probably. He was probably uh, getting higher up at the time. So, so yeah, <laughs> there, there is a lot of different elements to this show. The gross-out humor, the kind of ad-libby feel to it. Um, the other big uh, content uh, kind of... The other big thing about this show is that it is satirizing modern living. Big quotes on that. Right. And that, that was intentional. Murray said the cartoon resonated with people because the scenarios depicted... A cartoon not involving something like really crazy and off the walls and and nonsense and and high fantasy, mm-hmm. but the neurosis, the daily chores of everyday life. Yeah, just blown up out of proportion. Exactly, and it feels a little yeah. bit like Hey Arnold in that way, where like, I'm I'm sure that if you lived in a boarding house, there'd be a colorful cast of characters. There probably wouldn't be. Especially a, if you're remembering it as you saw it as a child. Exactly. And like they probably wouldn't be era. demolition crazy two foot tall people. Like <laughs> there's pro- there, or, or a secret agent who never shows his face and has like meals delivered to him via uh, via like a freight elevator. Like it, it, it probably isn't that, but it is still in a city in a boarding house and there's some element of reality that kind of slips through the cracks. The thing that was that was crazy uh, was the th- like personal threshold I crossed revisiting uh, Rocco's Modern Life in my twenties. You know, mm-hmm. like I, you know, browsing a a video store. I uh, what? Excuse me. Upon the complete a video store. How does that work? Uh, you know, yeah. I, uh, believe me, being out in public is Walk weird. Walk me now, through too. it. What's the process of going <clears throat> to a video store? There's a front door. Uh, once you open it, gotcha. <laughs> said that almost like a Rob Sterling. Like, There's a front door, <laughs> beyond which lies madness. <laughs> a man, un- a man unlike any other. <laughs> He's about to open a door into a video store. You, you don't need to be sucking your the toilet upper zone. lip while you do that. <laughs> he has no upper lip. Watch it. He's got no upper lip. It's very unsettling. It's it's really a unpleasant thing to no. watch you do. And he's got some. He's got some <laughs> eyebrows that are just like doing so much I do work like the all the time. There's I a love. Man. I love in the like some of the Twilight Zone episodes where he's talking and he makes a stumble and it's really obvious. But they were like, we're only ever going to show this once, so who cares? Why, why reshoot it? <laughs> and we only have 24 inches of yeah. tape. Do yeah. it. <laughs> uh, but I, I got the complete series, and so I revisited it. And the thing that I didn't realize as a kid was like oh this is just about being an adult and responsibilities as an adult mm-hmm. and like having to all of a sudden like you have all this freedom right you're like hey if i want to eat chocolate cake at 2 a.m nobody's gonna stop me like fuck you i'm an adult uh but oh my god bills this sucks mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean filbert's like, right like i'm not show. ready for adulthood <laughs> yeah 21 yeah. are you fucking kidding me i'm 32 and i'm not an adult like <laughs> right because like i mean the it's the tired observation but like you know the like what what is what is the phrase like forty is the new thirty or whatever like it yeah insert yeah yeah, yeah. They, so they've been saying it for years but like the degree to which the fifties 
aesthetic and timeline for personal development into an adult really shows its age when coming back to this because Rocco cannot be I can't imagine that Rocco is older than Philbert and Philbert's turning 21 <laughs> which means that Rocco owns a house well, it's and he's less years. than 21 <laughs> right. right so I, I mean and that's that's, that's an insane. interesting thing about current modern living where like it's harder to become an adult because all of the things that require growth to become an adult are things that we've largely automated so like paying your bills and balancing a checkbook were things that would like regularly get you to engage with your finances and consider you know and we just automate it now yeah yeah so someone else it's has to arrested do that. development yeah exactly yeah. nick it's arrested development Tell me more about Arrested Development. You saw it at the video store. Oh, God. So my cousin got high once with uh, Jason Bateman. Um... <laughs> That's how every show starts. A cousin gets high with Jason Bateman, and we're off to the races. So let's, let's, let's talk about some of the characters, shall we? Mm. Let's dive in. So, of course, the titular character, Rocco, who is a wallaby. Yeah, he's voiced by Carlos Alazraki. You might know him as the Yokiro Taco Bell dog. Yes. <laughs> One hopes. <laughs> uh, That's like every time I have to explain who Frank Welker is to somebody, I'm like, uh, he's the monkey from uh, Indiana Jones. every animal. <laughs> and Cujo the dog. <laughs> yeah. So C- Carlos Alasraki obviously has done a lot of voice acting work. Um, I, I didn't know this tidbit. When he originally began his career in stand-up comedy, he won a San Francisco comedy competition of 1993, beating out fellow comedians Mark Maron and Patton Oswalt. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> I'm sure Mark Maron was so happy about that. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mark of quality. And then he was yeah. like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm done with stand-up comedy. I, I want that Taco Bell money. Man, who's this fucking guy? He's just doing fucking. He's just doing fucking funny voices. I don't fucking get it. Like, why well, he's just doing fucking funny voices and he fucking wins? I don't fucking get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh baby. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like this. I like this character. He's um, you know, we kind of have a, a trio uh, in yeah. ego super ego sort of situation <laughs> where um, mm. you know, Heifer is very id. He's he's very much kind of just flying by the seat of his pants. Um, Filbert is very much the super ego kind of taking too much of a too too t- taking things too seriously and cautiously and being afraid for everything. And uh, this is just a good boy who's a little naive and innocent who's trying to navigate the vagaries of modern living. And I like the vocal performance. And he, I don't know, man. The the Australian <laughs> accent in a all American setting is is. <laughs> Is a choice. Mm. <laughs> like, I guess it's just because they wanted to make him a, it's a wallaby. Well, it's also like, uh, it's the next generation voice acting, whereas like Mel Blanc, everything was like, put a lisp on yeah. it. You know, <laughs> like, what what do what do kooky people sound like? Yeah, put a lisp Edwin, on it. Edwin, take a note. Yeah, and then like you know, they moved on. They were like, "Well, maybe people with lisps aren't uh, so wacky, huh? What do we do now?" Despicable accents. (laughs) It's it's a good read. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Australians are ridiculous. The views of Nick uh, of Nick uh, do reflect the views of the (laughs) cartoons. No, that's that's Uh, correct. And speaking of the views of the Carton cast, not to get too Carton casty about it, but I actually took the uh, the three main characters to be uh, uh, responses to modern living and the ways uh, that life is difficult. So Please. Rocco, Rocco is is responding as like 
holding on to this bygone era. Like, I'm just going to be my best self. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to follow society's rules and not make too many waves. And, and things are going to work out. And Heifer's like, I I am checked out. I am going to be, like, lazy bones, uh, uh, you know, Gen X, just relaxed and, and He's letting care. life come at him. And then Filbert, like jumps around between being neurotic and anxious and like overwhelmingly aggrieved against society and and he's like hyper focused on following things the right way and you know following the processes Mm -hmm. and you know you can originally think that Rocco's the one because he's so often paired with heifer who is sort of acts as that foil to him so you can think that Rocco's the one who's like hyper focused on rules but no he's he's kind of goofy like he's a little bit silly when it's just him and spunky like they just have like a, a cozy kind of playful dynamic it's just when the rest of the colorful cast of characters kind of insist upon him that he becomes aggrieved or uh has a difficult time yeah they really made <clears throat> they really created like endearing characters that you care They're about so cute. you know <laughs> filbert yeah, right. is so fucking cute <laughs> I can't handle it. I'm nauseous. I'm nauseous. There's such beautiful shapes. Oh, Rocco. Yeah. I I love the big old snoot on on Rocco. (laughs) Filbert's shell and like his like little booties that he has that pop underneath. (laughs) And they're all wearing cute clothes. Heifer is just like is a very Hey Arnold approximation of a human. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> like it, it's round and you put a suspenders on there and we're most of the way there and then you have like a soup can head or something like it's yeah, it's a right. very hey arnold approach to making bodies all right we've said it enough i just gotta Rocco's modern life. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I don't think I've been this enamored with a cast of characters in a long time. It, it hacks your brain, right? Like you said, they're all round. Usually in a cartoon, like oh, this is the round one. They're friendly. They're big. This one's more sharp and angled. And they're no, all round. <laughs> Oops, all circles. <laughs> it's it's not just the characters. The house is even still oh, like yeah. Uh, very I got soft a lot to corners. say about the way things are shaped. <laughs> That it's so good. Like I, I know we're jumping a little bit, but you know how boomboxes in animation, like sometimes, you know, when they start up, they're they're jumping off of the ground and they're like exploding out and like in, inflating, mm. deflating that squeeze and stretch to show you that action is happening mm-hmm. on like a boombox. Mm-hmm. Apply that to every appliance, building, <laughs> box. Everything is so rounded and there are no sharp edges and everything's filled to bursting. If you see yes. a refrigerator, it is overflowing <laughs> to the point that it is breaking the rigid structure of a rectangle. With like off-brand and sexual jokes. Uh, a comment on the excess of the It's the classic the excess of modern living. It's the classic um did you clean your room gag in like comics where you you look at the kid's closet and it's like the door is bursting off mm-hmm. of its hinges and you can see like little scraps of clothing behind it just to like to to express to you exactly how full this thing is but it's every object which makes this feel like a pack rat <laughs> like utopia it's, of it's some overwhelming sort. right uh, everything's order. so full of life and you're like oh boy i'm overstimulated by this oh. modern world <laughs> That's a good point. I and it also kind of remarks on that whole consumerist mentality. No, just get all the things, all the things, put them in here, put them in all the cupboards. I want everything in my house filled to bursting all the time. <laughs> and everything will be like this for 
<laughs> like if, if Rocco has a shopping cart and he's getting food, that tower of food is like a shaggy sandwich going into the stratosphere. <laughs> Uh, with a nice little uh, added, yep, yep, yep. That little, that yeah. little like, Hanna Barbaraism. And I mean, like <laughs> other objects are accentuated as well. So, like if something is empty rather than full, like it's really empty. Like there's a tiny little stain left, and there's a fly, you know, going around. Like uh-huh. every, every adjective is exaggerated. <laughs> it's so good, like, and it's 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 very. It makes an impression. Right when you're watching it, it's it's a very stylized approach to making a cartoon. They're not really, you, you can tell that they decided on their, on the on their style and pushed it to the absolute limit, never compromising or trying to scale it back for realism or for any sense of scale or groundedness. They they tried to make right. it as exaggerated as they possibly could, which is such fun contrast with minutia of modern life being so boring like being at the dmv and seeing all the people and fixtures bursting at the seams is so fun <laughs> right that's that's the beauty of it it's like well what what is, what's that episode about he goes to the dmv mm-hmm. oh he bought a new vacuum and n- no that's it <laughs> and like it oh you're getting a half hour out of that oh yeah <laughs> It's kind of like um, it's kind of like the Far Side comics where everything mm-hmm. is is kind of grosser than it should be, and all the people are just these horrible shapes and ugly. Pepper is a Far Side <laughs> character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all of- school for the gifted, hilarious. We're gonna drag that into twenty twenty five. That that single frame of a comic will go uh, that will outlive everyone. Hey, it's efficient, you know. As uh, <laughs> it's great. That's 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 the struggle with automation, yeah. right? Efficiency, it's Uber, the, uh, all this. Everything uh, is far sight in the future. Yeah, it's the baby shoes for sale, never used of uh, comics. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Wordsworth. Uh, not Wordsworth. <laughs> Who am I thinking of? E.E. Uh, uh, e. Cummings? No, it wasn't Cummings. It was, uh, is, uh, that, 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 that fucker who lived alone. They drank a lot. Hemingway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, he's talking about a writer. You're going to need to be more specific. <laughs> yeah, the baby shoes never worn. That was Hemingway, wasn't it? It, it was Possibly, in his style, yeah. certainly. Do you know how I got to Hemingway? Is I remembered Paper Mario's character Herringway and I had to go that. from there. <laughs> I this, is my brain on, this is my brain on Rocco's Modern Life. Uh, six-toed cats, or polydactyl cats, who's, uh, if you ever go to his house in Key West, which it, I of highly course recommend I do. both it's Key West and trip. Hemingway's house. Uh, Some people go to Disney World, and they're rubes. Yeah, yeah. You can stop in Disney World on the way. Uh, I have a lot of food suggestions if you go to Disney World. Uh, but also, yeah, Key West and Hemingway's house. Do they very, have pasture puppies? Uh, pasture puppies? puppies? Pasture puppies. The, the snack food from Rocco. Yeah, that, that's another thing that they do oh. here is the, <laughs> you know, Weekenders-esque approach or branding. even Angry Beavers with the lickety splits. Like, uh, they have these branding yeah. opportunities, these nonsense branding things where uh, there's uh, there's that's pasture like a, puppies, yeah. there's conglomo corp. Yeah. There's the uh, choky that, chicken, uh, which is just also a masturbation joke. Yeah, well, they it was originally choky chicken, and then the censors were like, "Whoa, how'd that get past us?" And then they had to change it to chewy chicken. Um, and then at yeah, the, let's let's limp that dong up a bit. 
<laughs> but then at the uh, in the movie in the in the um you know in the little uh, uh special uh, uh in 2019 little you know that little special they they, they saw so it cute. At, like they see a, bu- a bucket of chicken and it's a uh, choky chicken again and they draw attention to it as if to say like hey guys we're we're back we know what we're doing here <laughs> That was a huge thing with uh, 90s Nickelodeon and also like Gen X in general that, you know, anti-consumerism, anti-capitalist sort of like bend. So, you know, uh, you had Pete and Pete. Everything was Kreb. It was like Kreb Star Radio, Kreb Mm -hmm. Flakes, Kreb Corn, you know. So, you know, there was always this kind of poking fun at branding culture and like, you know, oh, is it the generic or is it the, you know, name brand? And uh, people just, it was fun to make fun of those people. Yeah, it's like, an it was easy fun target. to be like, you, yeah, you never right, run out screw, of ammo. Um, and yeah, it, screw big America, you know? What was that one uh, in, uh, like, sometimes they do that to hilarious degrees with cartoons, like um, in the Clerks animated series, Leonardo Leonardo just like owns the whole town. So everything is just like an extension <laughs> of this corporate force. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah, every every manager, every supervisor in the '90s was an idiot and an asshole. <laughs> like, like, damn the man! You, you kind of have was... that here with like the, the the Chameleon Brothers, although it's like a very flamboyant take on managerial corporatism. It's yeah, it's punching it's punching up a little bit more and a like, little less a little to the down. side though. It's like punching like a knight in yeah. chess. It, it's, it's like it's, punching up into the side a bit. It's moving against the <laughs> idea of style over substance, right? These guys are just very brand focused, and they're just you know they're fun to watch, but you wouldn't want to live with them. <laughs> no, not with that lifestyle of being um, uh, Switz. <laughs> of, yes. of being chameleons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, in terms of you know the the creative process and the how the characters become so likable uh, in their struggles. Joe Murray described the process as designing personality first. So he's like, give the characters imperfections and physical inconsistencies and make them like really off kilter, but still yeah. lovable. And that 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 way, your audience will both relate to and care about them, but also like there will be that distance, and you can get away with a lot more. Now, now that you mention hmm. it, like the imperfections do come through on their character models. Like the fact that Rocco's teeth are like if he ever smiles, his teeth are like rounded and go every which way and have tons of gaps between them. It just doesn't strike you when he, you know, is is when he showcases it. Like it's only in recollection that I'm really noticing. Wow, that's really off putting. Mm-hmm. Why does this character <laughs> model still work so well? Doctor Hutchison, we have a cat dentist who has a hook for a hand. You don't really need to remember a whole lot beside that because that's a striking image. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I really like the way that they're also... The, the the show is kind to its characters, too. It isn't... One of the things we're talking about, we're, we're making some distance between this and Ren and Stimpy on an aesthetic level. It's also, a, it's also like a presentation level of how we treat our characters. Because in Ren and Stimpy, Ren is the butt monkey. <clears throat> Right, bad things happen to him. That is, <laughs> yes, that is the formula. Yeah, it's uh, it's Dumb and Dumber, where just everybody in this universe sucks. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. they don't do that with Rocco. Rocco sometimes has a hard time, but yeah, like, life they're sucks. not cruel to him. Mm-hmm. Right, and that that goes a long way for me. Yeah, there's a benevolent God somewhere in there, even though they're you know the occasional Job esque, uh, unsurmountable. Uh, yeah. uh, 
that's uh, mis- conflict. Mr. For example. Yeah. yeah, right. There's still like a benevolence to the universe that things will end up fine. You will learn your lesson. And, you know. That's it really important to me because I empathize with cartoons a lot. And mm-hmm. I've always have. So, like, if a character is mortally wounded or, like, has, like, or goes bankrupt or something. Or, or uh, stores go out of business, uh, Zane, in a, in a cartoon. <laughs> I hate it. Um, but I think that gets me. I think this... Uh, is shown really well in the uh, Christmas episode where, um, you know, Rocco is just going to have like a little party with the guys. And then he ends up like inviting basically the whole town to come over uh, as well as the elves who just moved in across the street. And Mr. Big is like, elves, I'm racist against elves. (laughs) Uh, And and he basically sabotages the party. Rocco through his, through his heart and through his goodwill, uh, he keeps extending that olive branch to the elves, and, and uh, the party ends up working out after all, and it snows for the first time in many decades. And, y- you know, you see the hardships, and you see him, you know, pushing through it, uh, but you you do trust that he will be happy by the end of it. Mm. I need that trust. There's hope. I have a really hard time with shows that don't give me that. Like, occasionally they can make it work, like a BoJack Horseman or a Life in Times of Tim where... Part of the point is failure and sadness, but for something that is more geared toward kids, I I, I really think you got to go with the he's going to be okay approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have a hard time with shows where the whole point is like cruelty or sadness or the depression of just like existence. Yeah, and there's and it's just bleak, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just have a problem with that. Like, even if, you know, the hero is still triumphing in this bleak universe, I'm like, dude, I just, my life's depressing <laughs> enough. Like, even, like, on. Cat from Cat Dog is kind of hard mm. to watch sometimes, given, because they, they have, that, that's something that you get in a show with well-defined personalities, is somebody is always having a worse time. Like, right. he doesn't have as good of an outlook, and it is... Like, the natural comedic formula is, oh, he's pessimistic, have bad things happen to him. Because he's more fun to watch being hurt. Whereas Mm -hmm. you don't want to watch a fun, happy-go-lucky guy get hurt. Right. Yeah, two stupid dogs. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's the angry one who (laughs) who gets, uh, who falls into the sewer grate. Right. (laughs) That classic bit that they stretched into 70 episodes. (laughs) They stretched to 50 years of syndication. (laughs) Uh, I, I was just thinking about that the other day with uh, just how when stuff is starting out, like how the low-hanging fruit is the high-hanging right. fruit initially. Mm-hmm. And you got like, you know, old radio shows where it's just like, you know, the Bickersons. It's like, well, what happens? Well, they bicker. Yeah. And then the next episode, well, they're going to bicker. And how? what are they going to bicker about? His snoring. <laughs> what else are they going to bicker about? What else is there? <laughs> The, we got we're, we're, we got years of this. not everybody lives in a fifties suburb. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? They, they lampshade <laughs> this like, though. You know, what time, is low income like, housing? I don't understand. Oh, I got a tune. I got everybody shut the hell up. I got to tune in and hear her bitching about his snoring. <laughs> People were into it because, like, what else are you gonna do, man? Like, look at your lawn. Yeah, I, it's kind of like the idea of like reality TV. Like, you're not watching to enjoy it. You're watching to make yourself feel better about your life. Or like reading sure. YouTube comments, like you just want to be vindicated that you should hate people. Yes. No. I, yeah. And, right. And this is different. Like, uh, uh, it says like life is hard and difficult, but that's life outside. 
right? You and Rocco, uh, you guys are doing you're, you're doing okay, and be thankful. Uh, well, it is kind of it's it's all about you. Like, what are you gonna yeah. do? You know, like what is Rocco gonna do? Like, yeah, life's hard, but like, I don't know. You, you, you I got, deal I got with my it, dog. Right? You know, my house hasn't been repossessed yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> I did get swallowed by a vacuum. I, I got, I got but. it. Um, but they do lampshade the kind of uh, TV you're talking about in the Fatheads, the the in-universe show. That's yes. right. Uh, that's just like, what if two married people hated each other and hit each other with parking meters? Yeah, itchy and scratchy or um, or or um, whatever else. Like they fight, they bite, they fight and fight and bite. That yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's so I, I really like um, in the in the special uh, Static Kling how you know Rocco comes back after twenty years in space. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, everything's changed. Everything's different. I just need uh, something familiar to to get me through life. And he goes to the creator of the Fatheads and is like, listen. I I know you can't bring it back, could, but could you do like a special or something like a like a? <laughs> <laughs> it's so meta. It's, yeah, people right, really right, liked right. it. People want the same old stuff are, they've do, seen. Before. Are we getting this? <laughs> Is this hitting? Did you watch the special? I did. I did. How was it? It was good. It was uh, very, very thoughtful. Um, the the major conceit aside from that is that um, uh, the creator of the show, who had been known as Ralph Bighead, uh. uh the child of Ed Bighead, uh, comes out as mm. a trans woman, Rachel. Oh. And so, Fantastic. you know, it's, it's an interesting conversation where uh, uh, now Mr. Bighead is like, this is change, you know, that, that concept of change and the comfort of the past. This is change I'm not comfortable with and I don't know how to deal with because everything else is falling down around me. And then uh, showing the the growth and, and uh, change to acceptance. It's a, It's a really interesting encapsulation of quite a few things that the creator clearly had on his mind for a while. That's rad as hell. Mm. Yeah. And it's way better than fucking Archie Bunker. Just like, I'm going to be mad at everyone and racist forever. <laughs> Meathead. I mean, you still can right? be. That just was like, Archie Bunker, you know, right? Yeah, you know, do it mitigate. over there. Do it over there. <laughs> do it over let's, there. Uh, <laughs> let's move on with uh, some other characters. We got uh, Heifer Wolf, voiced by Tom Kenny. Yeah. Naturally. This this was his big break, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, this is where he kind of got his start. Uh, and you can really see the SpongeBob DNA with this character because mm. he is Patrick <laughs> <Right>. Star. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> got an upgrade later. <laughs> Patrick Star. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I just remember the episode where Heifer dies and there's the devil with the udders on his head. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Oh my god! Because he gets like a chip stuck in his throat or something, which like, as a kid, I was like kind of scared of that. The devil showed up a lot in cartoons. This is one of those shows where I have just like really disconnected memories of the show, and I can't put them anywhere. Mm. So like, the udders on the head thing is connecting. When I was watching this, I didn't get to see really really big man, but like I definitely remember gazing to my nipples of the future. Like I, I remember yeah. a lot of bullshit. And it like sucked his eyes. Again, <laughs> something where you're like the censors. It's not that they didn't think it was okay. It's that they didn't really understand what they were looking at. They're like, okay, so the nipples <laughs> this grab means his something eyes, different and then, like, to is kids. this okay? I don't know. <laughs> nipples are a fair game if they're not breastfeeding. 
in oh, right. kids' yeah. commentary. Like, purple nurples are uh, an American pastime. <laughs> yeah, in cartoons, the the you feed the nipples. Exactly. You can use them for violence or psychic powers. You can't use them for, you know, eating. Yeah, rubber nipple salesman. What the fuck? Um, Heifer also, like, he lives with a family of wolves. Uh, there's an episode where it's revealed that he was adopted, and he didn't realize Yes. That's cute. And his folks are like, listen, we found you out in, you know, in the middle of the road. Um, you were kind of thin, so we tried fattening you up because we were going to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> this does encounter the BoJack Horseman issue sometimes of like, I don't know how animal I should treat these animals. <laughs> right. I don't know how. Wait, yeah. Where are we on the Cowboys of Mumesa spectrum here? As far as possible. <laughs> up on the Mesa. <laughs> up on the Mesa. Or then you know he can't help himself. <laughs> with the more different cows <laughs> that don't have breasts in the <laughs> common way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like uh, Adventure Time has to draw that line of like, like how anthropomorphic are these entities you know like are we sludge monsters or are we like funny people Mm -hmm. like how do we make you care you know i mean they can kind of in that they can kind of pick whatever they want though and they do that sometimes in this where they just like it's animate garbage don't worry about like how the sentience works out on this boy like you 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 know what you're getting yeah oh this this cloud is sentient right now for this purpose you're gonna get it yeah yeah, for this popeye joke and then he's gonna leave and it'll be fine Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I like they, Heifer they, and... they, to- they, they thread those highway cones What's that? They thread those highway cones you keep, I didn't understand You keep cutting out a little Oh, they thread those highway oh, cones Oh, thread I thought you said they hit them I'm like, I don't understand <laughs> Yeah, I'm losing <laughs> the metaphor <laughs> uh, But, yeah, but Heifer, I, I Heifer like Heifer right. I like he, him and Rocco together I think they have like a very buddy-buddy two, two, it, It's a dumb and dumber kind of vibe the, like one of them is is mildly more well adjusted and and in the world, but like neither of them are particularly capable. They're yeah. they're not breaking new ground here, right? It's it's a fat guy who's kind of dumb and exuberant. Like it, they 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 made a Homer Simpson. <laughs> yes, more or less. He's a fun shape sure. though. Oh, he's so round. And I love his like <laughs> suspenders slash footy pajamas. <laughs> That's a look. That is such a yeah, garment. It's a little Mickey Mousey. It's like I want to wear a romper and leggings. What what if, what if my suspenders were a onesie? And like um, a, like the tail uh, is nice and limp. It's it's just a very fun sh- hair and the cowlick shape. hair, very good. Oh god, <laughs> great decision. Uh, Filbert is voiced by Mr. Lawrence, uh, who voices Plankton on SpongeBob. He was a writer for a bunch of those shows as well. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, a very fun shape. Yep, neurotic turtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a really Chucky Finster kind of vibe to him. Sure, I think you know he's he's got the yeah, very, the world's like, coming at you and you're scared. Yeah, like you said, that's the approach to modern living is be afraid of everything, which I got a mm-hmm. great deal of growing up. Uh, so that resonates with me a lot, and I used to really love this character, and I I still like him a lot. I like to think he's a couple of years older than Rocco and Heifer. Did you get that feeling at all? Did that come across to you guys? Like it it felt to me like Rocco was the baby of the group. He's innocent, sir. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know if I I don't know if my instincts led towards I guess I never really thought of them as like aged yeah. <laughs> compared yeah, to one these another. Are eternal elements. They were just Yeah, they were just kind of like a group, you know, right. like a, a cohesive unit. Somewhere of between age. fifteen and forty. <laughs> Anywhere fits. Yeah. Like we're doing it. In wallaby years. <laughs> uh do, do yeah. uh, who do you guys like best out of this triad? I think it depends on the episode because I think it it really is like how they're utilized in a mm-hmm. story. Because sometimes I'm like into Rocco because I kind of like that sort of like he's doing his best he's so mentality. Positive. Yeah, uh, but you know sometimes Filbert gets used in a way where I'm just like I I enjoy him overcoming that fear, you know, and that is very like. Uh, uh, I have no idea it's, what the word I'm looking engaging. for. Inspiring. Yeah. The <laughs> he's relatable to me. I, I think the difference yeah. is with what kind of episode it is. So if it's a like grounded real life kind of episode, I'm I'm all on board with the Rocco train. Like he's doing his best. He trying. Sometimes he can really stick up for himself. It's great to see. When things get wacky, Filbert is a really good like. I guess we're doing this now character because like <laughs> you you see him like uh, in the first episode with Doctor Hutchison, who is a dentist. And Filbert's like, oh, I'm going to try and be a dentist. I'm going to go to dentist school. I watched this one, too. And part of the dentistry exam is um, uh, one of the teeth got radioactive and grew to a big Godzilla monster. And on the exam is, like, fighting it and taking it down. And Filbert dresses up as the tooth fairy. And it's like, yeah, that this is a Filbert thing. <laughs> like, yeah. this, is, this is what he's going to do. He's able to deal with fantasy. He can't deal with reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which right. is super funny. Like, he... He hates the idea of using public bathrooms but can fight a kaiju. Like, that's so funny to me. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> he was the original One Punch Man. You, you know, the other thing, uh, now that you mention kind of like the different approaches that the, the episodes have, uh, is that they also have different formats a lot of the time. Like, sometimes when we're just hanging with Rocco and he's just doing a task front to back, get through the episode. Sometimes mm. it's just a series of short gags, yeah. and that's the entire episode. Like, a to B to C to D, yeah. No, they're all separate. They're they're all themed similarly, but they're right. all separate pieces of comedy. Like they don't. Yeah, it's like a mini decalogue or something. Exactly. It's like those little yeah. short quickie segments from Garfield and Friends, like um, mm. Rocco and Heifer go to a mountaintop like cabin retreat. But uh, it was double booked by the big heads, oh, and yeah. then each 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 like less than a minute, each like thirty seconds is just them fucking with Mister Bighead in different ways, and him getting angry. Like mm-hmm. they're making shadow puppets, and he's really good at them, and he makes like the Mona Lisa, and they're like, ah, it's a it's a tractor, you know, <laughs> like it. That's the entire the entirety of like a thirty second segment is just a little joke that doesn't go anywhere, doesn't lead from anywhere. It's just its own thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that was something in the water of people making cartoons at the time because I feel very similar vibes from like Johnny Bravo. Yeah. Where like sometimes it was like a cohesive story where it was there was, you know, a beginning, middle, and end. And sometimes, you know, Johnny was just like bombing around the woods and like a bear shows up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and it was like, okay, we're going through the woods and the bear and now there's a rock and now there's, you know, it was yeah. like, okay, well, I guess we're doing this. I, I definitely like the cohesive episodes more. Um, I think it's because you you need to build up that uh, relatability and that uh, engagement with like I, I hope this all turns out okay the sort of heart of the show um, yeah. I think that mm. really really elevates those episodes. 
like yeah it's nice to have a diversion every now and then i actually found myself liking the shorts episodes even better and i think it's because the characters are so clearly and well defined that uh i didn't really need any hand holding mm-hmm. like it, right that's not the whole thing though like you have episodes where it's like oh care about this character mm-hmm. and now hey man like let's just be, let's have fun so i mean you know that balancing act of like we're not just throwing a wacky wackadoo world at you and just hoping that i mean you know and it's been coming up a lot adventure time does that very well where uh, you know, they made you care about Finn and Jake and this world and these characters. And, you know, that allowed them to just have an episode where, hey, everybody's going to be a, a mouse. Why not? You know? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and then this happens. Sign yeah, reading. Right. We're mice now. Yeah, sometimes it's like, hey, uh, here's uh, an emotional episode where everybody's going to have real feels by the end of it. And then, like, oh, uh, we all, we, none of us are able to speak and we all squeak i feel like we sort of lost the uh, art of experimentation in our cartoons like you if even if you have cartoons that are not a common format like um i don't know i'm struggling to 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 think of uh, a good one like a steven universe kind of steven universe is very common it is a very straightforward linear format with uh storytelling and narrative elements to it like that's a i don't know man like that's that's a long-running you know series that's mm. that, that each episode kind of fleshes out the town I, i'm talking about within an episode oh okay you know like, oh, you uh, mean like I those episodes more... where the different people are relating the same event and they use different art styles rashomon rashomon, yeah, like episodes. rashomon. but like that and that Akira that's Kurosawa. one approach to it but i would really love more cartoons to do this kind of experimental we're gonna fuck around with the format a little bit we're not gonna end like anywhere near where we start and we're not going to give you context clues to where we're going we're just going to kind of like piece this together as two half episodes or you know just like a series of images or like i don't know i just feel like everything is more samey in it in the context of a single show than rocco's modern life is rocco's modern life is kind of like it it can kind of do whatever it feels like because it's so ungrounded it's so amorphous a concept when i feel like that was also the a a huge part of the vibe of nickelodeon in the 90s the fact that it was creator driven Mm -hmm. that you know they did give not only did they give license but they encouraged you know creators to have a voice yeah and so you get these weird shows and you get these these things where people are more inclined to experiment inclined to throw ideas out there and see how it goes because that's the joy that you know that's that's where they're deriving their bliss Mm -hmm. is you know uh it's not just ratings driven or something like that it's like hey what are we going to do next week how do we one up this like (laughs) let's get into it you know like and and part of it is you know viewership bias you know we're not watching the really experimental stuff if there's a new kid show that's really good we're going to find out about it it's probably going to be one of those longer more story-driven things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. yeah it's just you know i'm, I'm kind of reminded of the uh the uh the 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 the, the seinfeld turn when shows stopped being about something and kind of could become about nothing like where, where we kind of switched our understanding of syndicated comedy this is format. the show this is the show yeah what this right here <laughs> 
excellent excellent Rocco impersonation. I thought you <laughs> I thought you meant uh, the Seinfeld turn as in the turn in the show Seinfeld where they're like, all right, we're no longer even close to real grounded people anymore. <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, like, the idea that Seinfeld is a comedy and, like, all previous comedies were more wholesome. Or, like, this is about a family. Yeah. And the family, is all... yeah, right. The Norman Lears, you know, kind of, like. Mm. I, I feel like things really kind of shifted at that point. And, and I feel like it maybe happened also in 90s animated series. Mm. You know? Like, it's it stopped being, it, it could be not about a story. And be something else. Yeah. How do we scare this dog this week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, how are these three duckling nephews going to get out of this one? You get him started. I'm sorry. That's my fault. So um, I, I do agree that there are some very experimental episodes of Rocco. Um, I'm thinking in particular of the two-parter where the first half is a musical and the second half has no dialogue. <laughs> um, oh, wait. No, I don't remember that one. Help well, me. Well, I mean, there were, there were two separate like stories. Like the second one was about like Rocker buying a juicer that everybody else gave up on because it was like the runt of the litter. And oh, this anthropomorphic yeah. juicer like learns that it's really good at fucking cactuses and, you know, it gets the water and opens a casino. That's right. That's right. I remember that now. You tell me I'm wrong. It's such Angry Beavers. God, this show is great. It's so much Angry Beavers, like, type of plot line. (laughs) But But the first half, the musical episode, I do want to talk about. This was, um... An environmentalist uh, uh, episode, huge in the nineties. Yeah, it won an environmental media award, um, and it was uh, written in large part by uh, Povenmire and Swampy. And so you could see the Phineas and Ferb like every episode's musical. Um, yeah, this is this is the one where uh, uh, they're destroying the ozone layer. Conglomo is a big polluter, and Rocco says like, "Well, we have to do something about this. Let's all let's all go down to City Hall and give them a piece of our mind." And everyone's just singing like, "We're a big unruly mob." Like it's just, I guess we <laughs> might as well. We've all got nothing <laughs> better to do. <laughs> Very catchy. <laughs> I remember. I, I haven't seen that. I didn't watch it in the last decade. I just remember it so well. Right. <laughs> Uh, and this mm. was during a time when a musical episode in a cartoon was not a super common occurrence. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if, like, you know, given how intentional the show is about commentary on capitalistic modern living, how much of that was kind of a tongue-in-cheek, like, yeah, environmentalism is all well and good on a personal level, but, like, this is an unrealistic expectation for you to have corporations just actually have to stop doing this shit <laughs> yeah right yeah. you can almost see him being like kind of that uh turn off your faucet while you're brushing your teeth all you want but like also like we got to turn off more. your faucet while you destroy this coal factory <laughs> yeah that, why? Was that i don't want to have to choose oh probably can't i have they turn where the the guy's not turning off the faucet while he's washing brushing his teeth or and something in between like he's executed by fish. all of the muppets no, the fish next door, like the water's going down, and the fish like calls him up. He's like, "Turn off your phone." Like, I live uh, here. There's something about that fish next door, you know. <laughs> so weird. 
Uh, what is there so, to talk um, about in this? <laughs> I know we're we're kind of veering into kind of like the style and tone of the show, but like I did want to point out the big heads in oh, case yeah. Zane, you had another uh, idea on what this represents as a reaction to modern living. I, I guess just living in the past, or yeah, this is this is just the old way. The honeymooners. Um, the big heads are voiced. Yeah, the nineteen fifties people. Yep. The big heads are voiced by Charlie Adler. You can really hear it in Mrs. Big in big Bev. Head. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he that dude's got such a style. Yeah. Like, I feel like twenty yards away, you're like, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's one of the names that I've committed to memory because it's so common. Yeah, yeah, and he just kind of, you know, it's a lot, a lot of yelling. I think. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of his characters are usually yelling. Was um. <laughs> he was in the comedian in the nineties who didn't hate women. Yeah. Right. <laughs> in. And love Dick. Anyway, in, in Unreal Monsters, uh, he was Ickis. Was he also the Grumble? Because no. it's got the same vocal range as yeah. Him I I thought that big, too, but it head. is somebody else. I remember looking it up. I remember that too. It just is is it feel it sounds a lot like the Grumble doing his like high pitched voice to his like low yeah. growling voice. Like it, that's the big head range right there. Mm. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, just. Going back and watching cow, chi- cow and chicken, and you see cow, chicken, and the red guy, and it's just all him, and you're like, this dude is insane. <laughs> the red guy is so good. The red guy is like my favorite character. <laughs> <that show>. <laughs> <laughs> you bend pants. Uh, uh. <laughs> it's it's so luxurious. The red um, guy. <laughs> uh, the. Uh, there, there's an anecdote here I wanted to, to share, mm. which is that um, Tom Kenny actually cited Rocco's Modern Life as vital for him in learning how to do voiceovers for animation, and he recalled seeing Charlie Adler have a two-way conversation with himself as the big heads as without any edits, as <laughs> dazzling. It's incredible. And I, I, I just so love funny. those kind of linear... linear um, lineage kind of stories of like this voice actor learned from this voice actor and he became a big star because he learned from this thing mm-hmm. it's, it's just very cool to yeah me. the one that always uh kind of blows my mind is uh d bradley baker on clone wars yes when clones are talking to each other <laughs> and it's like how do you keep straight like now rex we're going to we're, you know we're gonna go check this out all right <laughs> it's just like ah Someone's played a lot of D and D. Someone has ran a lot of D and D games. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I get a like, lot of practice. All right, doing I have a voices. town of twenty gnomes. They all have to have different Texan accents. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, your gnomes are Texan? Uh, well, they're deep gnomes, so you know. Okay, the deep south. <laughs> yeah, and and they're bigger. <laughs> yeah, they got venom. <laughs> So uh, let, let's move into a topic on the tone and genre of this. The modern setting of this, uh, the modern culture setting, I find really engage, really engaging. Like, it's not grounded. It is modern. You can denote the elements of modern life in it. Yeah. But it's not cohesive. Like, it's anachronistic almost. Like, they mix and match a bunch of different modern tropes together. So, like, Heifer will be inducted into a religious cult that worships eating bratwurst all the time like that's what the cult Mm -hmm. is about and like you're you're combining two different modern tropes here that don't go together or or the dental exam 
when when Philbert's doing the dental exam, it's like in the middle of like a gladiatorial amphitheater. Yeah. Like what, <laughs> like what, what time we... is this that is modern? It's like yeah, Char- what are we spo- right. I don't even know what we're spoofing here. It's, it's Charlie Chaplin. They find ways of softening the blows, you know? <laughs> They, they, this is the sugar to help the, the pill go down. My favorite one is uh, Rocco. Do you guys remember what uh, what hobby his sport was? Do you remember his sport hobby? No. Jackhammering. That's right. He loves <laughs> it. And, and he performs like it's a figure skating competition. Can't get enough. <laughs> it's incredible. These little details. <laughs> Yeah, so they, they're oh just mixing gosh. stuff. Like, none of them don't belong in isolation, but mm-hmm. they just put them all together into this mishmash of bullshit that I, I can't get enough of. I mean, <laughs> if you ever go back and watch, like, the Charlie Chaplin Modern Times, like that movie from the 30s. Great movie. And you're like, great movie. that was a long time ago. Unmistakably, this is a movie about the hell of modern living. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's very familiar, yeah. So it doesn't. it's not really stuck to any particular time. It's just saying... The world is fast. A lot of things are happening around me and to me, uh, and I'm the little guy. And that—that's—that's the—that's uh, the feeling of that sort of genre. Yeah, the 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 world may be indifferent, but I'm not. Yeah. And how do those things clash? I'm, I'm just a I'm just a simple country boy, and I'm here to bring my down home spirit to to fix the problems in my community. I mean, I'm just a caveman. I don't understand why they're throwing around this orange orb. Is it food? Do they want to eat it? You talking about the Dragon Balls? <laughs> Boy, what you know about the Dragon Balls? <laughs> you know, that's Are a good point, a Ben. Were, were the Dragon Balls present when cavemen were around? Like, were the, they ever able to collect them to make a wish? Is that how well, they are eternal, right? Is that why they have I, a mixture of caveman and food? As I understand it, that is how the dinosaurs... That's how the dinosaurs were returned to the Earth. Oh, okay. So it's firmly after they went extinct, came in, came together, and uh, and brought all the dinosaurs back to life so that Gohan could cut them up for steaks. Yeah, that's kind of when I checked out on Disney uh, was the good dinosaur. Uh, I didn't know there was a DBZ crossover. <laughs> oh, you're missing out, bud. Uh, and, uh, of course, Guar uh, killed the dinosaurs so that they could Gwar. string their guts across uh, the Grand Canyon to create music. Yes. Can't make it any other way. <laughs> is, yeah, is there... Is, does a Guar Was there count mu- as animation? Was there the extinction we, of the dinosaurs? Cover, Riddle me this. Can we cover Phallus in Wonderland on this? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, uh, I, I didn't know how to continue <laughs> that. Yeah, let's just move to a new thing. Fuck it. New thing. Great. Oh. New thing. Background gags. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, the little things that clearly the animators thought of and added in are, are some of the best. So, like, uh, there's there's a scene where Rocco is looking over his scrapbook, and he's remembering all his, like, dead relatives. He's like, oh, remember Uncle Charlie or Aunt Viv or whatever? And you see the scrapbook, and the pictures are of their gravestones. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And he's like, oh, they've barely changed a day. Like, what? <laughs> What's wrong with you? What's wrong with this world? That's the amalgamation again. Like, you're taking one normal thing, and then you're just kind of flip it, sticking and reversing it. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that's something that a person looking through a scrapbook would say. In the same way, oh, yeah, that's somebody who's watching an ice a figure skating routine would comment upon it it's just the right. thing that is being commented <laughs> upon isn't actually there 
Oh, uh, so there's I, a lot of stuff like that. There is a lot of yes. fun little background gags, blinking you miss it kind of territory. This is not a show that you want to watch on in the background. Like um, Heifer and Heifer and uh, Rocco will be like talking to a shopkeep, and in the background will just be a sign that says "embarrassing personal hygiene products." <laughs> or like um, yeah, on a chalkboard. There's just a lot. Of- they take every opportunity that they can. Oh, yeah, it, in kind of like the Megas XLR kind of way of uh, these buildings were cleared for uh, demolition anyway before the giant robot smashes into it. <laughs> um, yeah, there was one in the Dentist Academy episode where uh, Dr. Hutchinson is like writing on the chalkboard and the notes on the chalkboard are just like two bullet points. First one, floss after every meal. Second bullet point, Yes. <laughs> what? Uh, it's just yeah. it's it's so clear that like no one gave this a second pass before they shoved it out the door. Or or like, you know, th- that does feel like something where they're they're submitting it and they're looking through stuff and then all of a sudden they just get to that and it's just awesome i love <laughs> you it you know the person reviewing it is just like great <laughs> i mean it, that that's the advantage of having your animators do some of the writing and some of the joke telling is they already drew the stuff you can't change the joke without throwing all that work out well the other thing is that you get to have fun now at, you get to experience the show mm-hmm. everybody gets to experience the show because like it's not like you have everything planned out and every every beat so like everybody's on the same page like you get to you get to do it so you can fuck with, you know, Phil and uh, uh, whatever. Uh, uh, backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's had it too good yeah, for right. too long. Phil and Lil. Can I... Uh, did you realize, uh, maybe, this is, that's not a little, w- good way to frame the question. Uh, would it surprise you to learn that there was meta-commentary within Rocco's Modern Life about the writing process for Rocco's Modern yeah. Life? That doesn't surprise me at all. No, yeah. There is an episode. <laughs> These are clearly where, a lot of frustrated people who are working through some things. <laughs> there's a, there's an episode where there's uh and this is only something I remember from back in the memory hole. Mm-hmm. There's an episode where the gang makes a cartoon. Yes. <laughs> Wacky Deli. Wacky Deli. And they try to make it bad or they don't really care what they're doing. And it's a it's a smash hit. And the second they try to make a good cartoon, it gets canceled. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> this commentary on like we don't we don't know what will work until it's out there in the world. Yeah, just like what if we had a still frame of mayonnaise for ten minutes? It's great. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like I don't know what's gonna hit big in the YouTube algorithm next. Like there, there's no way to predict that. You know, it's not quality. It, it's not style. It's just like whatever yeah, happens right. to be in the water at the time. Or going back to. Uh, Zane, I think you were quoting Joel Murray talking about like the character designs and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. I feel like there's so much that you hear from those kinds of people where they're like, well, what we were going for, or like, you know, we designed it like, you know, uh, you can go to 30,000 videos of Butch Hartman talking about, you know, fairly, uh, 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 yeah, fairly odd parents or whatever, and, you know, his, his visions and, you know, why stuff happened. And it's like, 
yeah, you can do all that, but sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Like, what that ineffable quality is, nobody knows, nobody will admit to it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just there and it happens or it doesn't. Yeah. And yeah, the, the, the skills and the planning, they can help sometimes. They, yeah, yeah, no one wants to admit the, they don't know what's going on. They give you, yeah. It, it's the classic thing about success is about being in the right place at the right time. Like, you, if you're in more places and have more times, then like your possibility, your your uh, your chances go yeah, up. Yeah, statistically. Yeah. yeah, statistically, you're more likely if you have more to work with. But like, there's there's. I wonder how many of those success stories are just hindsight and it wasn't like, listen, my attitude is what got me where I was today. Like, I wonder how much of that they actually believe and how much of that is just like them kind of filling in the details of their life uh, in retrospect. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I mean, once you get success, it it retroactively uh, bolsters all you know those decisions so like now those decisions seem important that you know at right. the time it might have just been like make his head big you know and they're like but and then when it works you're like well the reason i made his head big you see is because because his know, name is whatever. mr big head and right wouldn't make <laughs> sense the other way the past is a map the future is open world like there's there's if you and time is a flat circle time is a flat circle there you and go one man stands atop it all <laughs> silbert Oh, sticks. That man is standing on top of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the 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 intro. Let's draw it out. Let's do it, man. So, this had a few different intros. I think they're all pretty good. Yeah. Uh, musically speaking, I think that first one just gets me better. That organ. That. Better. Yeah, with the with the like pitch shifted high voices. Oh, so I good. don't like the I don't like the uh, shouting spunky twice. That doesn't work for me. Everything else feels oh, good. Oh sure, because it does feel like they just hit the button again. It does. Yeah. I like all the instrument though. It feels real jazzy and and understated. Like there's two instruments. It's like a, and that's true of the soundtrack in general. Like there's a clarinet and there's a bass, and that's like <laughs> <laughs> or, or or like a synth going on. Isn't there like a jaw harp at the beginning, right? Yeah. Wow. That's a didgeridoo. Wow. Didgeridoo. Oh, okay. That's right. Because, oh, yeah, because Australia. Because, um... Oh, is the famous didgeridoo player. It, it actually is, though. So... <laughs> no, so as, as we'll see, the, the next intro, the, the second season onward, has uh, members of the B-52s. Uh, mm-hmm. Pat Irwin was also of the B-52s, uh, was on the show as a music director, and brought on people like Art Barron who is a jazz trombonist and also a didgeridooist. So the, <laughs> the musical choices were professional, people. Like, this is... <laughs> that like, is Karen so good. distinction here. <laughs> and, like, the... um, That is such an obvious B-52s. Like, I didn't know that, <laughs> but I, I wrote it in my notes before I went and looked it up. It's so obvious. That Even if the it wasn't them, B-52s, it feels true. It's, it's, <laughs> you know? it's that same... It's that sing-talking thing that the B-52s yeah. do. And it's right. the exact voice of, he was a rock lobster. Rock goes modern life. It's the exact <laughs> same cadence. and People lining up outside just to get down. <laughs> Why is it so good to me? I know it's not objectively uh, good, but it just appeals. If you, yeah, if you haven't heard the album Wham, that whole album is great back to front. 
so not not front to, to back. You have to listen to it in reverse order while watching The Wizard of Oz. Is it? Yeah. Is it each uh-huh. track is backwards, or you listen to it just in reverse order? Uh, you'll know. You'll know. Yeah, you'll know very quickly. <laughs> yeah, you'll know. <laughs> um, but yeah, the 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 second uh, theme song had a little bit of an instrumentation difference, so the the kind of like that organ sound that's in soap operas. Um, at the beginning of it, you know what I mean. Like it's a, like a Hammond, like yeah, a stinger. Yeah. It it uh, it shows up toward the beginning of this, and it it evokes a different sound overall than the sort of jazzy one you were describing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think that the music choices are all pretty good. But I think the real focus of the intro is this amazingly in, in evocative. Uh, animation intro like the the way that we see Rocco growing up far too fast right. uh, getting literally he, clobbered by time yeah that's so good him getting <laughs> clobbered by time into a young man's like time just happens to you like you didn't have a mm-hmm. say in it um, does everybody get the metaphor <laughs> these enormously comically large hands are opening up his brain and shoving a book of knowledge in and then some of it <laughs> squirts out uh, like it, as brain poop so, yeah, for right. some reason it made me think of pink floyd <laughs> like yeah. the wall yeah we don't like, we don't just, need that this indoctrination and then you reach side three and he's behind his own wall it's just Ooh. like the indoctrination of a generation how can you have your pudding if you don't eat your meat kind of stuff to it and he gets yeah. punted into the real world where it's just everything's bright and flashing it's las vegas all the time this is sensory overload for somebody who was not adequately prepared um it reminds me of like the intro to cat dog how that was just so deep and dense with symbolism with like uh yeah the rabbit cutting out the red carpet from underneath cat dog as he's trying to run like mm-hmm. it i love all of it the punching clock is so good <laughs> well i mean it is you know I, I do kind of once again Watching it as a kid, it's like, this is funny, and there's stuff happening. I love it. And then all of a sudden, you you know, you grow up, and you watch it, and you're like, oh, no, I empathize with this far too much. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is This guy's too having real. a rough one. <laughs> I, like, classic Facebook, this is me, and I don't like it, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell me you're an adult without telling me you're an adult. Rocco's <laughs> modern life. That's all you need to say. <laughs> Um, the sound and music inside of the show itself is um, pretty distinctive as well. Yeah. It's Hanna-Barbera all the way down, man. You must have been so happy. Yeah. yeah. It's different, You're just watching Scooby-Doo. If you're you're blind, you're watching Scooby-Doo. That's all it is. I think think the sound effects are a little Little bit bit, A little bit of Looney Tunes. How how so? I think that that kind of like... uh, the scoring elements of it where it feels like very like musically emphasized has a little like Carl Stalling esque, you know, kind of, uh, 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 punches. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're accentuating action. They, they mm-hmm. have that kind of, uh, welcome to the episode music and they in, invert that in a bunch of different ways. So it's like, do, 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 
Like they do the exact same theme in a bunch of different ways with a bunch of different instruments. So it's always personalized, but it's always engaging because it's a new instrument. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that, man. Yeah. Why don't more shows do that? That's so cool. It's it's really <laughs> nice, and you know, I, I I think the sound effects are more in the Looney Tunes vein, and like they're not canned sound effects. Like you can pick out a Rocco's Modern Life sound effect, uh, kind of among the noise, in my opinion. I don't yeah full staff fully guy i don't really agree with that like i think that the sound of rocco skidding to a halt could be easily in any other cartoon the 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 sounds themselves but the way that they're used and there are like variations like there's definitely a little bit of extra polish on some of these and now i'm gonna look up the price i haven't done this in a while i think last time i saw it was like 400 bucks but the hanna barbera sound effects cd collection oh my god collection oh yeah oh yeah you can get it collection Barbera. what i noticed well, well, got, i'm just gonna vamp for you while you do this 500 tracks it lasts almost 80 minutes you know what I noticed Did when I was listening to the music and the sound design on this is that the music is usually pretty mellow and the sound effects are very staccato. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's that's that's punctual. an interesting mix. Oh, yeah. We're up to, uh, you can get it for 495 bucks. That's a steal. Do, it's, uh, do you get both fours? Hannah and Barbara? Yeah, you get Joe and uh, uh, William. William, really? I remember Joe. Yeah, Joe, Joe Barbera and William Hanna. Hmm. Uh, but Ben, I think I think you're right. I think the like slow music, harsh sound effects does give the impression of uh, the world. You, you know, the world at large, the bigger world, isn't actually all that bad. All this stuff is happening in a localized area. To me specifically, most of the time it's boring. <laughs> sometimes it's terrifying. Yes, like that. <laughs> welcome to being an adult. <laughs> A lot of farting, a lot of, a lot of sound effects that you get ready expecting. for farting. Uh, so some of the uh, funny things on here uh, on CD one, you've got rope stretches, oh. uh, fishing reels, flops, gazabs. Ooh, I, I got I could gazab. go for a good gazab. Yeah, CD two, you get some please. you know water splashes and wobbles. Uh, teeth <laughs> oh, is on CD two, just here. teeth. teeth. Uh, CD three, of course, you have jetpacks. Nick, come back to us. <laughs> and magic. I I, uh, I'm I agree to look... that you can read through all the different sound effects of the Hanna Barbera archive. Nick, how do you CD4, spell Gazab? Because I'm googling Gazab and it G-A-Z- keeps correcting to Gazebo. G a z o b s. G a z o b s. Gazabs. Yeah, apparently that's right after flops. I do I do like a good flop. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting Gazabs. Well. Uh, listener, please uh, do the work and find out what a gazab sounds like. <laughs> I wonder if it's like a... No. No, that's not right. That's more of a please Listener, send us just... your gazabs. So on three, we're all going to mouth fully what we think a gazab sounds okay. like. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> they just stood there with his mouth agape, not doing anything. I made a sound. That's what a gazab sounds like. Um, okay, yes. <laughs> we anyway, have to pivot away from sound effects. We're, we're getting a little bit out of steam, and uh, I'm okay with that. I'm kind of wrapping up on this show. I just wanted to kind of close out with... Um, I, I've been speaking a lot of praise of this show, but I think that the pace of it made it kind of 
it wasn't unenjoyable. It just didn't really hold my attention for very long. Like, I, I got a little bit tired of it, it I guess, draining. while I was watching it. Maybe it was draining. Maybe it was just, like, you know, the medium has advanced far enough to where, like, this can't hold my focus for that long. Even though, like, technically, I recognize that a lot of it's good, I didn't find myself actively enjoying it very much. Did, did you guys get any of that experience, or it, did this come back and hit you pretty good in the in the nostalgia? I think it feels like it's era for me. Like, the, the pacing of it was the pacing of the time, which was slower. And, you know, it didn't have to be, you know, it, the, the, yeah, I think the technical uh, advancements that have happened since then have made things sort of faster paced and a little bit more live action-y, a little bit more organic. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, sort of the old, the, the, you know, when you go to that era of cartoons and how they sort of pace out and how they move and breathe, it, it, it feels uh, dated. Cartoons yeah. can tell a story now, and they, they weren't really able to do that back then. For, for me, I think, um, you know, so the best episodes are still really good, but a lot of it, as you say, was more draining, and, like, there were parts of it that were good. Like, those sight gags are always going to hit me really well, but the amount of attention I have to pay to notice them, um, I can't extend to the rest of what's going on because the plot might be pretty simplistic, and a lot of the major conflicts and, and dialogue is very uh, uh, just simplistic and easy. It's kind of like... Um, it's like I'm eating a big bowl of oatmeal, and there's like it's poorly mixed, and there's good pockets of like mm, peanut butter or something. But I have to eat way more oatmeal than I want to to get all of the peanut butter I want. Let, let me walk you through my experience in an episode should, where I started I thinking about this. Do this with tapioca and skittles, or that would that won't help. Metaphor would be better for you. Do you have any skittle brow? Uh, no, it's. I think honestly, the experience of watching this show is like going through that metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Like me having to listen yeah, to I'm that, sure I someone like, there's part of this. this that makes sense, but I'm going through far too much of this metaphor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let me, well, let me try another one. No, no, no. <laughs> let, let, me, let me walk through an episode so I can describe my experience with it. The episode is Bev is feeling unappreciated. She's not getting enough attention. She sees Rocco, uh, you know, Harlequin romance novel cover that he is mowing the lawn and she's like I want a man around the house I'm gonna have him do a bunch of odd jobs for me and ogle him yeah her weird like sexual fixation on this guy (laughs) sex sexual slash like mother fixation like wants to baby him a little bit like it's very strange yeah one of them sex moms and so like (laughs) they set that up and he goes over and now we are into a bracket of the middle episode which is most of the episode by the way like we we're we're at Bev's house. Rocco's doing odd jobs inside of a minute. And it now is the format of different thing that they're doing that goes along with this sexual fixation that she has, but also is a sight gag in and of itself. You know, mm-hmm. they, they have to, he has, he has to fix the VCR and Bev's eyes get stuck in the tape deck or whatever. And, 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 you know, rotate around the entire thing. So now once we're in the, gag to gag framework of it i'm mm-hmm. no longer i i've understand uh, the the show has communicated to me the arc of the episode i know what's happening you're familiar with the move there's no new territory being explored until like the very end and they you know if you do two gags in a row that is just we're filling space using the content yeah. of the arc i can kind of turn my brain off to the arc because i know that it's just kind of doing the same thing in different situations 
my brain switches to, okay, how engaging is this specific joke? I'm no longer engaged with the arc, so each joke has to work for me. Mm-hmm. And at that yeah. point, I'm checked out. It's like uh, uh, what uh, the book Finishing the Hat, right? Sondheim talks about how like uh, a song should be a mini play in itself. Right. Like, yeah. you should, like if you're writing a musical, you don't like have everything come to a screeching halt and they sing i love you and then you just like pick up after that like the play sh- the the song itself should be a mini play it ha- it should have a beginning a middle and an end for that character and the gags should do that to a certain extent like where do we start and where do we end so when you you finish in the same place you started you're kind of like um okay yeah <laughs> Like, the perfect joke would be one that contributes to the arc of the episode. But the arc doesn't go anywhere for most of the episode, so it has to stand on its own. And that's a lot to ask of eight different, you know, one-panel gags. I think that's more of a modern sensibility, though, personally. Like, I think think that we're we're coming at it having— we've already stood on the shoulders of these giants and we've already grown to learn these lessons. That's true. Whereas they, they didn't, yeah. they, they were making it up. They were the giants. Yeah. You know, yeah. That like, we, that's true. That we were that's going true. to stand like, on. They knew that they needed a plot and they knew that they needed jokes and it wasn't to the point where they could make one service the other. They just had to fit them in where they could. Right. right. And this was early enough to where cartoon watching kids, uh, were used to, things that were much more staccato in their pace mm-hmm. you know yeah. they, they 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 weren't interested in finn's internal motivations vis-a-vis dating you know like that right. that were... can't get fleshed out through the course of a series rocco is just a wallaby that's having a hard time with life like there's no right. arc to follow you're you're, you're f- just the novelty of uh those eyeballs getting sucked into a tape oh machine like a this is of... great i've never seen this so much yeah. eyeball violence you're if you're five years old watching Nickelodeon cartoons in the 90s, your your main hope is that you won't be traumatized. That's about as high <laughs> as you can hope. I, eyes are a sticking point for me. Uh, you know, um, overly hairy, globular fat is a sticking point for me. Any, like, all the barf in this show, like, I, we haven't really commented <laughs> on, on that much because it's just a tired observation that we've already made about Ren and Stimpy, but, like, I couldn't handle it very much of it before I kind of <laughs> had to avert my eyes. I'm like, I'm, I, okay. We're swimming The in eyes it. are very veiny and, and bulbous and, and burst, almost filled to burst like the fridge is. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I squirmed a lot at that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and the, the, the immersion in this show is, is higher than in a lot of them because... Um, I think it has to do with the the shape of things that we had mentioned earlier, like the way that the doors and houses and everything slanted and warped. Um, yeah, it's like almost Kubrickian. Like it makes you really focus on it's, it. It's almost Brickian because it looks like a <laughs> it looks like a physical place. <laughs> uh, like the walls bend inward in the middle. Like there's a weight on top of them, and the whole thing. It's like a shoebox diorama. Like there's a sense of depth and you feel like you're in a 3D space much more than a lot of the other stuff at the time. That's true. Mm. It's very good at that. I really love the style of every object is filled to burst. It gives you a real sense of the space. Yeah, right. And the sort of like danger. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like, dangerous. Just how oppressive yeah, the right. world feels to Rocco. And like they very Let's get dangerous. I think that I think that a really smart move was making him the small character. Because mm-hmm. that makes the world feel so much bigger, especially when your compatriots in crime are uh, an overly sized turtle, what is the same size as a cow. 
you know like <laughs> ooh yeah mm. the sizes are just whatever they want them to be so the decision right. stands out as like you know intentional so so yeah. Rocco being the small one all the houses bursting at the seams like that's an that's definitely it definitely makes an impression of this world is out to get me i am prey mm-hmm. <laughs> uh what is the wallaby's natural predator what uh do, do, also do we the wallaby <laughs> he's his own worst enemy it's a wallaby, have you ever heard wallaby of wallaby world. on wallaby violence oh yeah i've seen <laughs> read my conservative <laughs> textbook on uh here let me send you some youtube links <laughs> you're gonna love it it's gonna send you down quite the hole <laughs> yeah i think i heard about that on rogan last week oh yeah <laughs> oh, man, it's the joe or seth I think Jor- jordan peterson was talking about it on joe rogan <laughs> joe rogan is telling people not to get vaxxed and it's about it's are you kidding me bite his fucking head off this guy uh one of my favorite tweets of like the past couple years it was uh uh what the hell did they do to the host from Fear Factor? And then uh, the response was, wait, do you see what they did to the guy from The Apprentice? <laughs> it's not bad. Not too bad. Uh, Modern anyway, life, man. Gets, gets to all of us. I've uh, I've got no more uh, no more anecdotes, no more feelings toward this. I, I enjoyed my time with it, but it does show its age a little bit. But like a lot of different elements of it are very inspired and God damn, that bursting at the seams animation style is something that I'm going to carry in my heart forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the voice talent well is just phenomenal. Yeah. You you don't wanna you don't wanna binge this. You wanna like check it out at once every couple of months and be like, wow, this was this was quite a loud show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like well, every yeah. couple of months you wear that really loud shirt. Oh, the the clothing game in this is so tight. <laughs> Rocco's shirt is is it, that's like Wembley's shirt. The like triangles? that just gives you his character. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That print shirt with no pants. The hotel carpet <laughs> print. Yeah. <gasps> it's a baby. Uh, there's Mickey. Put the sweetie in the camera. Oh. Big old Hi. fluffer nutter. I want it. You you have somehow cured Ben's uh, uh, vax symptoms. <laughs> with cat Mickey has that effect. And his cat allergies as well. It's baby. <laughs> I love the yeah. baby. He's ridiculous. He just kinda he's like a sack of potatoes. He just kinda <laughs> My uh my my tasks this year are get my own apartment so that I can finally like develop an independent streak and also get a dog. Hmm. And so I'm very excited to uh embark on the pet ownership journey. I love all of that for you. Thank you. We can do pet <laughs> chat sometime. Petcha. Anyway, uh, yeah. The final thoughts. Anyone? I think it's good. Did you like this show on recollection, Nick? Did you enjoy yeah. watching it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think it's what you said. I, I don't. I think when I first bought that complete uh, series DVD, I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna watch all of this," and I didn't. Nope. No. I was like, <laughs> a little oh, bit goes right. a long way. Yeah. It has to be yeah. said. I, Whereas Ah Real Monsters, I I sat through the whole thing in one sitting. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, there's a cohesive world a, there. That's a cosmology yeah, right. all its own. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm I'm in it to win it and on part this of the one. Point of Rocco's modern life is that it is oppressive. Like that's yeah. that's part of the connective tissue of it. That's, a, that's the part that gets you in the feels. Is like it's difficult. <laughs> it's it's cat dog with people we care about. And, yeah, and right. struggles I care about. 
Yeah. Yeah. A less obnoxious angry beavers. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So no uh, modern right. life is hell and we're all living in it. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, so Fred Schneider will pop in. Oh, yeah. Well, that's. Talking to us and that gets us through it. Yeah. It's as big as a whale it's about and about to set, to set sail. sail. I love that. Is, that is my go to karaoke song. Oh, yeah. Always get love the laugh. Shack, baby. <laughs> I do. Uh. Uh. Uh, the Heart in a Blender song by Eve Six. <laughs> I only know of Man of Constant Sorrow. The <laughs> what was yours, Ben? Sorry. Man of Constant Sorrow. Oh, okay. All right. Do you do it as uh, George Clooney? Yeah. Yeah, I wear the fake beard and everything. Does a little dance. Marvelous. The banjo is what he just needs to hear it occasionally. I've got a jug with three X's on it that I blow into. <laughs> oh, yeah. The listener can't get this, but you actually got like a real George Harrison vibe right now. I've, I'm, I'm rocking a Tom Selleck over here. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, uh, yeah, what, or early, late 70s uh, uh, George Harrison? It's firmly on the porn stash uh, side of things. Yeah. Pre-traveling Wilburys. I'll take your word on it. References. Right. They're like it, it was the precursor to the wild thornberries, Ben. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It was sense. the prequel. <laughs> was uh was Flea in it? Yeah, it was the Phantom Menace of <laughs> the traveling thornberries. That's that's what we're gonna call um ancestors from now on. Like <laughs> the Phantom yeah, the Menace. The Phantom Menace of <laughs> Phantom Menace of um, but yeah. Abraham was the phantom menace of Isaac was the phantom menace of <laughs> Begat. Begat the Clone Wars. Um, yeah, so that's Rock with Modern Life. Ben, what are we watching? Or you can ask me that. Uh, I'm Zane, ask what are we watching next time? Next time, we are going to watch Oran High Host Club, um, which I have been enjoying rewatching. I'm going to hate it. Uh, the back half is stronger than the front half. I'll say that. Okay, okay. That's what I'm known for. The back half? Yeah. Business in the back? Party in the front. Party in the back. <laughs> party all around. At Our the party all shack, around. Baby. The sides are trimmed. <laughs> I've shaved those sideburns. And how about after that? So uh, we talked about this recently, but uh, it hasn't left my brain, which means that it has to enter your brain. Let's watch Mike Tyson Mysteries. I'm so curious, and I have never taken the plunge, and I think it's time. I, I think it's time to look at Mike Tyson, see how he solves things. See how he runs. Does he run like Mike Tyson? <laughs> what kind of, find out. What kind of question is that? Uh, 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 it's Mike Tyson. Run, Mike Tyson, run. In the meantime, uh, you can go to our Facebook page. Uh, you can go to our website, fancybat.com slash cartoncast. You can drop us a line there at our contact page uh, to ask us to look at other shows or to comment upon either Mike Tyson Mysteries or Orin High Fuck Club. And, it's not uh, a fuck club. <laughs> it, I'm, pro- I'm almost certain that it's an emotional fuck club. I keep telling you that it's not a fuck club. <laughs> uh, yeah, but why don't I believe you, though? Nick, weigh in. Uh, uh, oh, man, I have no opinion. I don't know what you're talking about. It's that uh, anime. Boy, when you said they're, fuck club, I was kind of like, ooh. It's an anime where they're charming teens serving tea. Yeah, that sounds like a fuck club to me. <laughs> it's not a fuck club. Exactly. It's, it's kind of like a fuck club. <laughs> it, we'll uh, get into it. Bro, b- being honest, is Mike Tyson like Mysteries like a fuck club? You can be honest with uh, me. I hope so. But uh, we'll find I mean, out there. Uh, I would say Sailor Moon is kind of like a fuck club. So, like, is Orin High Valley like that? Orin High <laughs> Valley. No, it's, it's, know, it's far more genteel. Dressing. 
Uh, oh, definitely a fuck club. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it's a gentleman's club where we sit around, you know, we swap stories, manly Maybe stories. fuck a little. Down by the wharf. <laughs> and then get some ski poles action in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> and, and more than anything else, please tell your friends about the show. Nick, do you want to plug anything before we send you... Back Pack to the crate. <laughs> Man, what? What am I? I don't really have much these days. Uh, go buy my friend Aaron Reynolds' book, and Birds, because it's hilarious. Effing <laughs> uh, Birds? Effing Birds, yeah. Uh, dude's the guy's a genius. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can check out the back catalog of What's With You, Scooby-Doo, on most places you get podcasts, except for Spotify, because screw Spotify. There's also a 90s pop culture grab bag. 90s pop culture grab bag with our friend Gary Lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary. Uh, I can't At remember the what the last. Nostalgic Network, I believe. Yeah, the last episode we did was, I think we covered Dumb and Dumber. And uh, spoiler alert, uh, hard hard revisit for me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. At least it's not Ace uh, Ventura. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, I dread that day. We'll Anyways. Put Rocco, uh, on, uh, yeah, put Rocco on your next episode of that. That's in the uh, there you go. Uh, uh, please submit it. Uh, we take submittals uh, all the time. Um, <laughs> and then submittals. I love and it. then, yeah, just little vittles of submittals. That's what I was thinking. And, and then, uh, yeah, check out uh, my uh, things on Amusement Sparks. I'm on a few episodes. He's on the circuit. <laughs> yeah. He's making check, the uh, go, back, go and listen to the back catalog of Empowered. Uh, Hell those yeah. are real fun. Uh, uh, Coral. <laughs> Man, face <laughs> choice navigator cool. and uh you know just uh in closing a lot of floaters <laughs> <laughs> a lot of floating god that's some of our best work i i to this day believe that our best work was the episode of what's with you scooby-doo that we recorded together yeah about oh the toes of the rumpus room <laughs> yeah 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 the the that was such a fun day we were all just on fire yeah but, a, um, a little punch drunk how does um how does that uh whack or how did the fatheads end each episode what was the tagline uh i actually don't know uh, i don't remember uh, so long hosers i don't know hosers. why it's canadian <laughs> <laughs> it's not said with a canadian uh. accent <laughs> That's just good, clean fun right yeah, there. Can you uh, send us off with the with the Rocco uh, impression saying that, Nick? So long, hoses. <laughs> God, it's so good. It's not bad. <laughs> and